Hi everyone, uh, welcome to ELI, the place where you get your daily dose of inspiration for entrepreneurship. And today we have with us Mr. Raj Sivaraju, who is the president of uh, APAC at Arity, uh, which is a cyber security company. And Raj is also the founder of SubRentCaro, uh, which is a rental e-commerce platform. Hi Raj, welcome to ELI. Hi Priya, thank you for having me. I would uh, request you to introduce yourself to our audience, please. Absolutely. Um, I am a um, serial entrepreneur, Priya, in that I had started my entrepreneurial journey way back when I was 22 years. Um, started a digitization company where we were digitizing cadastral maps for the US and creating uh, 3D models for earthquake, um, you know, insurance companies. Mm -hmm. And from that point on, when you know, things led, one thing led to the other, and then I got into a job with Deloitte. I was with Deloitte for about 16 years. I was the CIO for Deloitte US in India. Uh, set up a operation as large as 1,800 people. And then from there on, um, got my entrepreneurial bug back. And so got back into the entrepreneurial journey and I've been a serial entrepreneur so far. My biggest passion has been people. I think over the years, I have gained a lot of experience in identifying talent, nurturing and growing talent. To me, uh, while I've been an IT, uh, tech, uh, IT person, I think I've transformed myself into more of a people's person. Okay. Uh, before we start talking about the businesses, Raj, uh, I would love to know a little bit about your uh, early life. Uh, uh, what are the different uh, things uh, or major events that happened in your uh, childhood or uh, during your uh, college days that uh, led to entrepreneurship? Absolutely. Um, right during my uh, graduation, I think that's where that will be the most important part. There, we had, I had seen a huge transformation in the industries. IT was only then coming in. A um, lot of computerization, a lot of uh, digitization started happening in corporate world. Mm -hmm. Till then, it was all about, you know, is somebody going to become an engineer, a civil engineer or a mechanical engineer or a doctor, right? Suddenly, IT started taking a center stage. And uh, to me, the number of people who were getting into IT and what um, programming was all about, how they were able to make computers do what they want the computers to do, was my biggest, uh, you know, excitement. Uh, that's, that was one of the biggest reasons I sort of started leaning towards the IT industry. This is very, very early, Priya, where... Um, at that time, DBase uh, and Foxpro were there. They were still uh, mono, monochrome uh, monitors. We didn't have a mouse at that point in time. Uh, from that day on, I think uh, where we are today, it's a huge shift. What we are seeing today is a day and night uh, of what we used to have in the past. Right. So I think the transformation and the industrialization of computers has been a huge impact in my life hmm. and uh, 
a little bit about your first venture uh, how how did you you know get started uh, into entrepreneurship when entrepreneurship was not as cooler as uh, it is today uh, and you know how did you get get introduced to your client and uh, how was your experience of uh, you know registering Absolutely. a company in a time when you don't have resources to uh, on resources on how a company is registered and all Absolutely. And I think for that, I'll have to probably go a couple of decades back. Um, so when um, I had started programming as a, in, as a job with one of the um, apparel uh, you know, companies in Hyderabad, mm -hmm. during that time, my brother, my, my elder brother, who had a lot of interest in business, was looking for the right kind of opportunities. And as I said, IT was a big deal. And that is when a lot of digitalization was happening. That is when um, the likes of Autodesk mm -hmm. came into being, where a lot of companies were, uh, particularly engineering companies, were trying to take the manual blueprints and digitize them into computer files. Mm -hmm. That was one of the big first ventures where my brother and I had started a company called Elmer Software Limited, where we were digitizing the blueprints, mechanical drawings to begin with. We started, our first client was uh, Coromandel Fertilizers, which gave us a job because we were two young entrepreneurs or two young kids, you know, after them sitting in front of their office every single day, requesting for one opportunity. And we said, we can help you digitize all of your blueprints, which are becoming, you know, and taking up a lot of space from a storage perspective. And also you're losing because the paper eventually will, will uh, you know, uh, disintegrate. So we were able to convince them and they gave us an opportunity. From that point on, it was, uh, we never had to look back because the kind of demand that we had created by you know, by digitizing, a lot of companies started accepting digitization as their core. And we were continuing to get a lot of projects. Okay. At that time, registering a company or even starting a business was not, uh, you know, really favorable in many, many people's eyes. Mm -hmm. It's all about finding the right job, getting into a stable environment, equals job and uh, it was not favorable for all of us and uh, when we we had to start off we started off with very small capital it was my brother and I and then I actually got two of my colleagues who worked with me in the apparel industry to come and work with me and the way I was able to convince them was to, you know, give them the opportunity of becoming managers much faster than they could ever become. That was the only carrot I had given them. But it really worked out because having the right kind of people with the right kind of skill sets in the starting makes a, the world of difference. So that's how my entrepreneurial journey had started there. Uh I think you ran your first venture for about uh, four and a half years and then you switched to a different uh, mode of working, which is uh, working for a US-based company. Uh, 
would love to know how that transition happened uh, because entrepreneurship is uh, in any day is the highest form of you know work or you know venture uh, why why did you you know transition uh, to to employee mode um it was actually it was very easy for me in my mind because um the reason why i had to go into a corporate was because as a first generation businessman we had created excellent revenue we grew very very fast mm-hmm. and i think we uh, on the way made few mistakes where our investment and reinvestment into the into the same business um without proper uh, safety nets mm-hmm. might have led for, led us to go down in the business so i was forced to get into a job and support my family because there was a huge need for me to get into a job so that i can support my brothers who are trying their hands in the business it was easy for me because i accepted that only i can do a job and not my other brothers and so it was a necessity for me when there is necessity as you can know as you know necessity is the mother of invention right it was because it was necessary i was able to accept and do what it what it really you know took but i do want to point this out though uh, having started as an entrepreneur if you are able to adapt and adopt and keep an open mind you can do whatever and entrepreneurs usually are people who are ready to do what it takes it doesn't matter what it is but they're ready to do what it takes and therefore for an entrepreneur to become an employee is is an easier transition than an employee trying to become an entrepreneur right uh, to me so th- therefore my transition has been a, a smooth one um again uh, when you joined deloitte and uh, you work for a couple other companies as well uh, you spent almost uh, one and a half decade or almost two decade uh, as a employee then why did you again shift to entrepreneurship what triggered that um so deloitte is one of these organizations where you truly can push the envelope you can run if you know if you have the right kind of skills deloitte gives you the right opportunity so i have always had that entrepreneurial um, nature in me taking the first taking the center stage all the time but after i became a partner and i became a you know the head of the cio after which i sort of felt that i hit a glass ceiling and i felt that i am doing the, the repetitive same thing over and over again and i started started getting a little bored right to me if if the sense of enjoyment goes away from what you're doing then what you do will be sub quality and that's when i said okay you know what this is i need to start looking at something else that's when one of my conversations with my boys my son actually led to me to you know relook at entrepreneurship uh, it's a very interesting story and i'm going to keep it trying to try and keep it very short priya where um, my son was i know he had come back and asked me for video games hmm. and i said we just bought video game you know a month ago we can't keep buying 4000 rupees worth video games every single month 
And so he came back the next day and said, Dad, I have an idea. I'm going to put all my video games online mm. and invite all my friends to put their video games and see if I, I get what I am looking for. I didn't think much about it at that point in time. So I said, yeah, please go ahead and do it. What was amazing was within a week or 10 days, he came back and he said, dad, I got the video game that I was looking for and few more at free of cost because I'm able to exchange the video games between my, my friends and I. Hmm. That was an aha moment for me. I said, imagine if we could create a platform where people can exchange their underutilized assets hmm. and monetize on top of it. So that's what that's how Subrent Karo sort of took shape. Um, we, when my my wife and my, my both my sons, we were all sitting and saying, okay, uh, this is an idea. So what kind of name should we come up with? Hmm. And so uh, my wife said, you know, so you're looking at Subrent Karo, right? I said, yeah, we are looking at you know renting everything. So she said, so then just call it Subrent Karo. So that's how that whole thing came up, and we started Subrent Karo as a as a as a website, a portal. But to me, the most important part, like I said, was to get the right people initially with the right skills, and who most importantly have to share your passion. Mm-hmm. To me, that was the most you know, the magic magic portion, right? If you have the people who share the same passion about the idea around you, they will give everything and more to make that idea a success. So I was able to really talk to some of my you know, people with the network, my ex-colleagues, my friends, and, and I was able to handpick people who actually showed that interest and that passion on that idea. So we were able to very quickly form a team of about um, six of us, where four of them were you know, IT uh, software programmers. I had lost my touch from programming uh, long back. So I took, I gave the experts the, the thing to do, and I sort of started forming the entire support around the portal. So that's how Subrent could have started off. Got you. And... Uh... You know, again, curious to know how did your uh, transition from Subrent Crime? Uh, I'm sure that you're still running the company, but you're also heading the Asia Pacific uh, operation for uh, Arite. So uh, tell us about it. How did that transition happen? Sure. Um, I think COVID dealt a death blow for Subrent Crime. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the fact that the entire business was down and uh, particularly as you, as many of you might co- relate with me, any e-commerce business, it takes a lot to get to a point. Mm-hmm. After you get, get to a point, then it's easier. But to even get to a critical mass, uh, by the time, you know, before COVID hit, we were r- roughly around 4,300 rentals per month. We had about... Um, 180,000 people visiting our website, looking for you know, products to rent, you know, um, every single month. We had products between a laptop to a private jet that you could rent online. We were amongst the top three, you know, rental platforms in India. Hmm. But once COVID hit, it took us right to the bottom. And for us to regain that position, we would have had to reinvest a lot of money to bring back all of the footfalls onto our platform. 
which was a mammoth task and which was getting very very difficult during that time uh, my one of my old friends from the us reached out and said hey i'm looking for help on my business do you want to you know join hands so that's how arite came up arite is a very interesting concept and this is something which nobody in india is doing today they all are doing you know some degree to it but not to the level and depths that we are doing so yeah. arite is an incident response company yeah. when we talk about incidents these are not those uh, small alerts that you get on a on an endpoint monitoring tool or on your sim which mm. is hey uh, this particular file was corrupted or there's a there's a virus attack those that's not what we're looking for mm. what we do is when a company gets impacted by a cyber attack and these days it's predominantly ransomware attacks mm. when a company gets impacted by a ransomware attack the first thing they do is to call an insurance carrier so the insurance carrier um, you know calls us so we become the first line of defense for those companies when mm. they are at, in the dead in the water because they've been impacted by a, a huge ransomware and their entire infrastructure has been encrypted okay that's when we go in we help them resolve that situation now we have every aspect so right from identification of the malware variant to reverse engineering the malware to restoring business and in situations where the clients do not have the right resources and the variant is something that we are unable to reverse engineer within a particular period of time and if there is a sense of urgency then we also communicate and negotiate with the threat actors and we pay off the ransom on behalf of or we facilitate the ransom payout on behalf of the client on the behest of the insurance carriers which is very very unique in india nobody is doing that particular piece of you know negotiations and payoffs this is something that we have created a lot of depths we have people from the fbi and cia working for us we have a lot of our people who understand and talk russian languages uh, italian languages um, because a lot of the threat actors somehow are from few specific areas so we have people with a lot of those language skills so that they can talk to them negotiate with them and try and resolve the situation for our clients okay so um this is that's how we started um this was about 4 years ago today we are a 250 member company doing everything from uh, right from identification of the variant all the way through restoration uh, for our clients okay got you uh would love to know what are some of the major challenges that you have faced during your entrepreneurial journey and also during the employee journey where uh, the work you did was also kind of entrepreneurial in nature so let me start with first on the entrepreneurial part the um, you know there is a saying which says it's very lonely at the top Mm. um in a corporate setup it is you know yes it is still it, it becomes lonely but there are still options where you, you can use mentoring uh you know and try and have those conversations and maybe try and hear some you know wise uh, advices here once in a, once in a while mm. 
But in an entrepreneurial journey, it gets even more lonelier because end of the day, you the buck stops with you. Mm-hmm. So to me, what the biggest lesson that I've learned is you got to have that mental strength, perseverance, and resilience from a perspective to be a very strong entrepreneur. If you're not strong mentally, mm-hmm. being an entrepreneur will can become very, very taxing on you. Um, the other quick lessons that I've learned as I've shared, getting the right people is the biggest key to success. You, you should spend as much time as possible. Even if it takes a little longer, it's fine. But get the right people around you. Nine out of 10 times, you should always look for somebody who's smarter than you. As an entrepreneur, we always believe that, you know, you, I, uh, the entrepreneur has to be the smartest, which may not necessarily be true. You need to surround yourself with people who are much smarter than you because those are the ones who will really help you navigate through the entire environment that we are in. And they can help you take the company to next level and the next level and the next level. So these are a few lessons that I've learned from an entrepreneurial journey perspective. As far as working in a, in a, in a corporate environment, mm-hmm. One of the biggest mantras that I've learned is to be able to adapt and adopt, particularly in an environment which is, you know, like a multinational environment where if you need to really survive, you should know how to adapt and adopt. Now, when I say adapt and adopt, in our Indian languages, you can easily call it jugad. Now, a lot of people think, you know, the word jugad is a very loose word where people think it's, you know, it's used in very, um, uh, in, in a very poor situations, right? Mm. But that necessarily is not the case. Jugad or being able to manage situations is a key in a multinational and a corporate environment. Whatever situation you are in, you should know to manage that situation favorably. If you're able to you know, manage that situation, the managing situation could be anything. Mm-hmm. It, every situation is different. So you should know how to manage that situation. So to me, adapting and adopting was very, very important uh, mantra for me to be become successful because I was able to scale the heights in a corporate environment as competitive as Deloitte. Mm-hmm. And um, I was able to do that only because I was able to adapt and adopt very quickly. Got you. Uh, you said you are a people person. You have kind of uh, built very uh, scalable and successful teams over time. Uh, can you can you tell us uh, how what is the right way to manage people? Because a lot of startup founders, they face a lot of challenge in the people management part because uh, because you, you have not, uh, you have to pay them their salary. You have also to motivate them uh, to do their work. And uh, the success or failure of the startup depends on the people you hire, right? So that, that's the biggest challenge for any entrepreneur. Can you can you tell a little bit about your experience around people? Absolutely. Um, 
two important words and i will build on those two words right the first one is um compromise the second one is empathy now let's talk about compromise in the lot of times you know when people say you should never compromise mm. i truly believe that that's not what you should be in position to and because you should always be the one taking the higher road in situations where you get into a stalemate right so to me when you compromise lot of times and this is something that i personally experienced and that's why i believe it's very important right um when you compromise you build a stronger relationship with people mm. when you compromise you are saying i am going to trust you because i am going to you know compromise on this situation and let you go with the direction you are saying we should go i'm going to follow you and to me that is a way to build a very strong relationship with people that you are working with the second part was empathy if you can empathize with people you build a strong relationship which is going to be really yielding results much much faster so you should know how to empathize because a lot of times we never put ourselves in other people's shoes and think why somebody is reacting the way they are why somebody is acting the way they are why somebody is not performing the way they they should be performing we don't do that we expect and we want it to be you know the way we want we are right but usually people are so different you are different to me and i am different to you right if we can understand that you can start empathizing with people you can start putting yourself in their shoes and trying to relate to them which will give much better easier faster results than otherwise right so to me these are two things when dealing with people you should always keep in mind you should be ready to compromise because relationships are all about compromise and at the same time you should be you know empathetic towards people got you uh what would you say is the meaning of entrepreneurship for you how would you define the term entrepreneur an entrepreneur is somebody who should be able to do what it takes to make things work that is enterprising that is entrepreneur there is there is nothing that you under an entrepreneur has the luxury to say this is something i will not do an entrepreneur will never have that luxury the entrepreneur has to do what it takes to make things work okay that is a true definition of an entrepreneur that's a true definition of somebody who is really enterprising and who has that leadership quality to be an entrepreneur my final question what are the Sure. some of the interesting lessons that uh, you have learned over your entrepreneurial and um, your work experience that other entrepreneurs can take away and probably apply to their ventures as well on both these um, priya i think one thing is very common 
never take success for being for granted right just because we have experienced success one time doesn't mean the success will keep coming back to us when you succeed that's when you should be even more humble and try to be more with people at that time not when you know you when 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 things are not going well a lot of people you know start uh, saying i need people around me mm. when you succeed people you know what i have arrived so i don't need people around me mm. i truly think that even when you succeed it is very important that you share that success with people it is very important that you attribute that success to people the right way mm. and to me that is that is the biggest thing that we need to so never take success for granted always be humble and always be empathetic got you so on this note we'll uh, close our uh, session thanks for your time raj and it was a great pleasure to have you on our platform pleasure is mine thank you so much for the conversation uh, i enjoyed this conversation thank you raj